creation of a new information operations technical training school. So in our business of national security, where our job is to fly, fight, and win, we better be masters at this game of innovation. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. This is the Developing Mach 21 Airmen Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome in to Developing Mach 21 Airmen and thanks for the subscribe, stream, or download today. If you get a chance to throw us some stars or even a review, we certainly would appreciate that as well as we try to see how you're liking this new podcast really dedicated to bringing total force Big A Airmen insight, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from the recruiting, training, and education field. I'm Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Office and your host for this professional development podcast. And here in episode number four today, we're talking innovation and we've got a great trio of experts on that very topic from the somewhat new A9Z division here at the AETC headquarters, which focuses in, on engagements and assessments related to the learning environment here in the first command. Danielle Kohler, Technical Sergeant Michael Matteron, and Staff Sergeant Aaron Parker from the A9Z sit down with me and talk about the world of innovation and everything going on. And it was a great conversation. Sergeant Parker, a former technical training school instructor up until recently, actually, at the 17th Training Wing out at Goodfellow Air Force Base in San Angelo, Texas. He talks a little bit about an instructor presentation competition that got him thinking about innovation and how leaders in organizations were chasing innovation. And surprisingly enough, the presentation was so good that it actually ended up with him personally giving the presentation to the boss, Lieutenant General Quast himself. It's really an interesting story because it speaks to how airmen at all levels can, through many different ways, have their voices heard. So you'll want to check that out. Miss Kohler, she spent a lot of time talking about the A9Z and what their main role is, including the fact that they're working on a ton of research right now in regards to what learning will look like moving into the future. They're really so much experience on our AATC staff, and they're working so hard to ensure that we as a command break those long-held industrial age paradigms that General Quas has spoken to on a few different occasions, ensuring our airmen get training and education that is learner-centric, controlled by airmen themselves, and presented in the context of a mission and not just training to do a job. Interestingly enough, another thing I learned while prepping for the podcast was the fact that there's now an AFSC dedicated to innovation, and Sergeant Matron is now in it after a career spent in the cyber arena. So he has some insight into what that means and some of the things that he is doing now in his new job with the A9Z. And we'll also talk with all of our guests about the clear path leadership has given airmen to pursue innovation here in the First Command, and it's directly tied to the National Defense Strategy and the AETC Strategic Plan, as well as being empowered to do so through really a culture that embraces innovation. So let's get to it. Episode 4 of Developing Mach 21 Airmen starts right now. We'll start with you, Danielle. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Um, I've worked in the headquarters since 2011. Um, came into A29 about a year ago, and I'm now the engagements team chief for the Future Environments Division. Okay, and Sergeant Maturin, you have an interesting background, cyber to innovation. That's right, so uh, I'm a 3DOX2 by trade, uh, currently working in a new 9NDO100 AFSC that's brand new to the Air Force, uh, working as the NCYC of the Future Environments Division here in A29. And Sergeant Parker, you're a little bit popular. We've seen you on video, but tell us a little <laughs> bit about what you're doing now. Yes, sir. Uh, so I am an RI-9S100. It's a very small crew field that most people haven't heard of. It's a scientific application specialist. Uh, prior to my assignment here, this new awesome team, uh, I was an instructor out at Goodfellow Air Force Base uh, at the Special Instruments Training Flight. So... You know, when we started doing a little bit of homework before we decided to record the podcast, I watched your video on innovation, and that's kind of what got me thinking about innovation in the first place, um, at least from your perspective. But I was hoping you could share what it was that drove you to, A, make that video, and B, uh, where you feel like the power in that video comes from what's the main thought process behind innovation that you really wanted to to kind of get across to your fellow airmen so it started out actually and the whole thing was a multi-month journey of a bunch of people's effort this was absolutely by no means just me uh, gathering these resources and doing the work or anything like that um, but the way it started is out at some of our uh, tech training bases, there is a competition called Top Tech, where each of the training squadron goes in, uh, and you know, however they divide it out, uh, at Goodfellow they do it quarterly, and they say, who are our top instructors? They select them, they give them a topic, uh, and you compete in front of a live audience under some format uh, for who is the best instructor. You know, so, best instructor simply being who did the best job of you know, conveying information and being a communicator. So sometimes the formats are a little bit different. Sometimes it's a traditional format. This one happened to be a TED Talk format. So very informal, but more or less one way. And uh, the theme was <laughs> very ambiguous. It was spring forward. Uh, now that's a little ambiguous. It's a little frustrating at first, right? Because like, well, what what does that mean? Um, you know, so are we talking daylight savings time, or do I teach people how springs work, or you know, something like that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just sitting there and I was like, you know, there was a lot of talk about innovation, spring forward. That kind of speaks, I think, to the idea of innovation. But the angle that I took it from was less. You know, I don't just want to be someone else that talks about the merits of innovation and why we need to innovate, because that's true, but there's enough people talking about that. Um, I think maybe figuring out how to try and speak to the frustration of why is it in a lot of units and a lot of organizations within the Air Force, we feel like we're not innovating. Um, and we hear it all the time, but we're kind of like tired of hearing it um, because it doesn't feel like it means anything or we don't feel as individuals at low levels like that we actually have a real part to play in that. So that's what spurred on the whole idea. Um, and so I did the competition and you know that went as it went, but our group commander 
was sitting there, and he said, Sergeant Parker, I want you to brief this to the wing commander. I briefed it to the wing commander at some point later, and then General Quast was coming through, and as part of his tour, they said, you know, hey, we want some enlisted voice here. Uh, so they said, part of that's going to be you, Sergeant Parker. We'd like to give your, give your talk to General Quast. Um, and it was just kind of, you know, it just trickled up the chain, and it got to the point where it's like, you know, we need to record this because there's a really good message here that a lot of people from the bottom to the top, uh, it's resonating with them. Um, different aspects of the video speak to different, or to the, of the message speak to different people. So we need to get it out there. Um, so it was by no means me gathering cameras and a backdrop and, you know, visual <laughs> effects, anything. Sure, sure, um, uh, But yeah, I ended up getting to go to D.C. and record in the basement of the Pentagon, and there's a really awesome team there that put that, I mean, I think they did an amazing job in terms of production value and everything else of uh, making a sharp video. And yeah, and then it was just kind of off to the races, and uh, it's been pretty awesome so far. So... What was really your central message, though, in that video? What What is it that you feel like really seemed to resonate? What What central theme of that just seemed to catch fire? Well, so there, the first part of it uh, that I came to the table with was two things. One, uh, giving airmen at the lowest level the language to describe why it is when we hear and we talk about innovation why is it almost frustrating? Because it, it feels like it's fruitless. Like, no, we're not being told anything. Um, but also, like, where do you even start? Um, you know, at the higher levels, there's lots of, you know, innovation theory and the, the 20,000 rules for how to innovate and all these different things that, you know, at, like, first off, your average airman doesn't have the time of day to be sitting there trying to grind that thought process out. Um, and, you know, second off, I mean, it's, it's, that's a hard nut to crack. Where do you start making meaningful innovation? Um, so that was the first part, is how do we break that language down to give airmen the words that they need to describe their frustration so that we can start doing something about it. That was where the game theory part came in, describing what, um, you know, when you outline your objectives, a, a clear vision of what winning looks like, um, that that gives people a target, and when people are a target, and when team, when people, not when people are a target, when people have a target, and when teams have a target, it aligns the team and allows them to be more productive. We all, we all know what we're working towards. Um, and then the other part of where do you start, uh, you know, I think it's really tough at the high levels when we're marketing innovation, that a lot of the imagery that we use um, is the imagery that doesn't necessarily connect with your everyday airmen, right? Um, you know, so in the video, you know, talk about like cool jets and new weapons platforms and, you know, software and all this other kind of stuff. But like, I'm just a guy in this office trying to do this one simple thing. I don't touch jets. I don't write code. I don't do any of that. Where do I fit into that piece of the puzzle? Um, and so making it clear and relatable that no, you absolutely do every member of every organization who puts their hands on the tools that that organization gives you um, already has a window in. And what you do is you look at the tools that you have and you say, how can these be better? 
I don't have to change everything. All I have to do is start thinking about how I can meaningfully change what I have control over and the tools I have. Um, so yeah, just giving them the language so that when the communication comes down and they don't know what the direction is, to say, hey, I absolutely, I want to innovate. Boss, you know, my commander, my NCO, it doesn't matter what level is communicating that we need to innovate. But if it's not clear that you can go back and you say, okay, what's our target? Um, and then when you say, okay, how am I going to get to that target? That you look at the tools in your hands and you say, what about these tools that I have can change to get us there? Um, now the cool part that was really awesome and I think is the pivotal thing for everything that we're doing in AETC that the Air Force needs and that the U.S. military needs as a whole is what General Quast brought in when he heard the message. So he heard it, uh, and at the end he said, you know, there's one part that I'd like to see tacked into here, which is pretty tough, because it's already a pretty long message and there's lots of things going on. Um, and he said, you know, that's culture. Uh, he recommended a couple books. One of them uh, is called The Innovator's uh, Dilemma. Uh, so there's two of them. There's The Innovator's Dilemma and The Innovator's Solution. Um, but then there was also the book called Borrowing Brilliance. Um, and, but yeah, speaking to culture. And so I, you know, I had to go back and I had to do a bunch of whole research to kind of unpack both what I thought he meant so that I could meet his intent, right? I've got a three-star, you know, that just said, hey, this is, this is what I need you to do. He gave me the target. Um, but then also to say, okay, how do I, again, break that down into language that's useful for everyone, not just people at the top, for everyone. Um, so yeah, those are the, basically the three tenets of the message. We need a target. We need to know what it is we're working towards. How do you start? You look at the tools that are within your control and within your authority to start questioning and changing. Um, and the culture part is uh, looking within and looking outside your organization and saying why. Why are we doing what it is that we're doing? Uh, is the way that we're doing it the way that we should be doing it? Is there a way that we can do it better? Um, and that everyone else around you is willing to entertain that question. Because if everyone around you, and this is part of the problem of our culture, right? Your average German says, hey, why are we doing this? I think this is like really dumb. And everybody's like, hey, just shut up and color, right? That's the thing we say. Um, is that we, there are times when that's necessary, right? There's sure. times where you just nose to the grinding stone, nope, we just got to do it. Mm -hmm. But turns out that's not all the time. In fact, that's only really a few times. Most of the times we do have the time and opportunity to say, yeah, what, why do we do things the way we do them? So, yeah, so that's the, that's the heart of the video. So one more quick question on that and we'll kind of move on, but the reaction to that video, probably a, a little bit overwhelming to, to a certain extent, but very cool on the other hand. <laughs> right, so, well, so there's two sides to the reaction, right? There's, uh, it goes out and everybody's really supportive and says, uh, hey man I saw your video on Facebook or you know DVIDs or whatever and that's really cool Chief's saying hey you know I'd like to take your video and go show it to these people you know Commander's saying you know I, I cite in the video in terms of you know our leaders not and again at any level but providing a sense of direction a clear sense of direction um, use a, utilizing a hypothetical email from a commander uh, where we just say we need to make the squadron better but that's it we just leave you hanging at the word better um, and commanders coming to me and saying, you know, I've written that email and I didn't get anything back. No, nobody came forward with any ideas or anything like that. Um, and 
it makes sense why, right? I didn't give anybody a target to work with. Um, and so that's really powerful. That's really cool. Just yeah, across that's... the spectrum of the hierarchy, it yeah. resonates. And then you have the other side of the reception, you know, which is all my friends and coworkers making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, no, not at all, right? <laughs> so, you know, you talked about, you know, that culture. And so I think that's a great place to transition into the A9Z here at the headquarters, the engagements and assessments. And you talk about culture, and it'll also bleed into this new AFSC, but we'll start with the A9Z. So, Daniel, tell us a little bit about A9Z. I know it stood up within the last year, but what what really is your guys' mission in the A9Z? So, A9Z is, uh, like you said, engagements and assessments. Um, the engagement side is building that network of relationships um, with people across not only AETC, but across the uh, Air Force and connecting them to people in academia, industry, sister services, what are other people doing? Um, and to help them so they're not struggling to get information. Uh, we want to be kind of that belly button uh, for people to come to and get that information and share the information we're gathering. Uh, the assessment side of it is um, uh, building that deeper understanding of the learning environment. Um, you know, where are we now and then what does the future of learning look like? So, you know, we're working on the future learning 2030 currently. Um, and uh, how do we develop airmen? How do they learn? What are the trends um, in academia? And bringing that back and kind of getting ahead of that power curve instead of behind it. Um, you know, the Air Force is kind of back in the 1950s, 60s of learning. And we want to get into the future of learning so we're not behind the power curve and keep up with what academia and what the future technology has out there. And Sergeant Matron, that's kind of a natural transition. Like, so now you're a cyber guy and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and actually you're an innovation guy. So tell me what that looks like with this new AFSC. How did you end up in this AFSC and, and what what is it that you're actually doing? It has been absolutely crazy. No, but at the same time, it's been wonderful, uh, eye-opening. So again, background 3DOX2 and I, I'm told, hey, with the direction of NDS, uh, the National Defense Strategy, and with the direction that General Quas is now has directed the, the AETC to go, they stand up A29. And they go specifically, we want a dedicated airman with this AFSC to go out and, and help with innovation. And what does that mean? And so I'm figuring it out as I go along. We're, we're developing this specific career field, um, but also tying into we need to change that, that culture of innovation, uh, cultivate that. Um, we need to get out there and reach the, those younger airmen and say, your ideas are important. Uh, we've been tasked by SECAF to go and innovate. How do we innovate? I think Sergeant Parker, um, with, so with my AFSC, Sergeant Parker alluded to, there's, there's airmen out there and they go, okay, well, what do we do? How do we do it? Hey, A29 is here to help you talk to me, talk to Sergeant Moderon over here in A9Z, and he'll help you figure it out, right? Along with, uh, there's A9A as well in the, in the Airman, I'm sorry, uh, innovations uh, to help you cultivate your idea and make it an innovation, right? Um, within their I2I process there. But, uh, so that's one part of what I do in helping out uh, Danielle in the engagements process, process finding out uh, what is going on out there 
building those partnerships and relationships and then assessing the environment that we currently have right now, how we're doing things and go, hey, I just reached out to uh, University X. Here's what they're doing. Uh, Second Air Force, uh, 81st TSS. What are you guys doing? How can we help? How do we connect the dots? Maybe they're doing something that's innovative right now that you guys are trying to do within your classroom or career fields. Let's let's connect you guys together and see if we can help help each other out. And when we first sat down and we weren't recording yet, I I talked a little bit about the the division. But what you guys said that was really interesting to me is is it's not necessarily you guys doing all the engagements, you want people to engage with you as well. So how does that work? What does that look like? So we're currently working on building a database so that we can share that information with who we're talking to across academia, industry, sister services, other MAGCOMs, um, and people can go to that and see who we're talking to and then get in touch with us to be able to get more information. Um, and that also the other parts of the headquarters the force uh, development divisions um, is getting their information of who they're engaging with because everybody across the headquarters is engaging every day with people outside of AETC so gathering all of that information and then getting it out to people that's one of the main things we want to do we're kind of like that spider web you know where the spider <laughs> sending everything out through the spider web um, you know and get people connected to build that big web of information and that way people aren't struggling to find information they know where to get it from us and I think you know just from somebody who's not necessarily in the innovation world every single moment of every day like you guys are there's there couldn't be some confusion of a how to actually innovate when you have you got spark cells and you got AFWorks and you got A9Z and so you know kind of having that division who can kind of bring all that together and figure all that out it seems like that's kind of what a, a ready-made role for you guys right right yeah so along those lines uh, it's funny so AFWorks, A9Z, A9A, ATID we all work together there's so many innovation challenges out there and that's what uh, in particular A9A is working towards there's that program idea scale that uh, SECAF put forth uh, last year mm -hmm. a couple years ago actually idea scale has been around so there's there's that spark tank competition but there's a lot more than just the spark tank itself so we encourage airmen uh, who have any kind of ideas to go to IdeaScale, and what's cool about it is a .com, right? So you can get to it from anywhere. So if you're an airman who's sitting in your work center going, well, I don't really know what to say at work, but when, I'm, I get, when I get at home and I'm inspired by something that I see, um, I can go ahead and draft it up and type it up and send it. I don't really know where to start, but A9A will go ahead and take a look at it and guide them in the right direction and lead them to their local wing spark tanks. And if it's an AETC idea, they'll take it and help develop it and put it in and hopefully get funded, all right? And so if it's gonna change those, those practices within that organization and, uh, and I guess enable those, those capabilities or future capabilities, yeah, that, that, that's exactly what we, 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 I'm sorry, what we want them to do. Um, so Ideal Skills, uh, yeah, a huge part of the process and AFWorks, everything, it all connects together, yeah. You know, we talked a little bit too about what innovation really is and that there's no um, set path but we do have a clear directive on how we want to go can you kind of talk to that Sergeant Parker a little bit about the clear directive with in regards to you know the national defense strategy and the ATC strategic plan and why 
that innovation piece is so important to what our overall mission in the recruit, train, educate right. enterprise is. No, I'm really glad you asked that. Um, because that's actually what's been guiding most of our initial efforts as, as this right. organization is, what do we get after first? Um, so in terms of the national defense strategy, right, so we're going in and we're saying, okay, uh, this is where we're at, but what are the potential conflicts on the horizon uh, that we want to make sure that we have a deep competitive advantage mm -hmm. to be successful? Mm -hmm. Um, well, it's it's against some you know some pretty big dogs out there, right? And we're looking at our current systems and we're saying, okay, will that successfully get us there? If that's ten years down the road, twenty years down the road, are are have we built a machine uh, that will be prepared for that? And right now, we're saying no, right? So most of the messaging across uh, the Air Force, whether you know uh, whether you're looking at the National Defense Strategy. Pretty much any of those levels of high leadership, uh, what we've recognized is that our current model reflects uh, an industrial model, right? It served us incredibly well right. during, you know, World War II. Uh, you know, all of those 20th century conflicts really served us well. But that doesn't mean that it's always going to serve us well, mm -hmm. right? And, and now that we're doing that forward projection and that forecasting, we're saying, nope, something needs to change. So that's the first thing, is we need to recognize that um, it's not that the system is worthless. Uh, the system's actually gotten us really far. Oh, the yeah. system yeah. has served us yeah. well. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's one thing when we talk about innovation and a lot, of, a lot of folks that see that as a threat to maybe what they're used to or the systems that they've built or anything like that. No. No, it, not that at all. It no. is absolutely not. We as a team, need to figure out how to take the systems that we currently have that has served us so well and to take the next step is to build on those systems and that might mean changing aspects about them. Okay, so what things do we need to change, right? So the sec kind of the second part of your question. Uh, well, the first thing that we need to do is we need to get better at talent management. Um, you know, so a lot of times we, so the official term, you know, human resource management, <laughs> but that's kind of cold it's kind of distant, <laughs> right? What we're increasingly talking about, and I think what a lot of younger generations are really getting after is, um, yes, I'm human, but I'm not just a, some like resource. Um, I am talent that has passions, uh, that has skill sets, that has you know things that I, I'm interested in, and not only that, I want to contribute meaningfully. Mm. So getting better and figuring out how to measure human beings to figure out what they're good at and putting them in the right place so that they feel empowered uh, to not only excel and be lethal, right? We've been talking about lethality a lot lately, uh, but also at the same time to build into them a spirit and a culture of innovation. So the machine, as it needs to fix itself and it needs to adjust itself in the future, we're not, we're not burdened with what we're burdened with right now which is we don't have a culture of innovation. We're, we're, we're trying to get there, oh, yeah. right? But we need to get to the, the machine to a point where it's almost like it's self-adapting and self-healing as the new threats, as the new needs emerge. Right. So that's, that's what we're trying to get at first. How to better measure human beings and how to measure, better figure out putting them in the places that they need to be so that they show up to work every day 
being the best that they can be, uh, being incredibly talented, excellence in all we do, um, but at the same time that they find it meaningful, um, that they want to get after it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, and it's tough, but you know, it, it's really helpful to us because it gives us, again, the guidepost. Where do we go after first? Better human resource management, talent management. Um, so we need to measure better, figure out how to do that. So who's doing that really well, right? Right, And who's already trying to get after that in within AETC, within the Air Force, within the military, um, and connecting those dots. And it was really interesting, too, because you talked a little bit um, before we came on the air about connecting the dots, but it was really interesting to me, like, how the A9Z can help the field as a whole and what, what you're actually helping the airmen out in the field do. You talked about if people needed help um, potentially with some research or looking into certain different methods of learning. We've got such a diversified staff up here at the headquarters and you can help connect right. the field with our staff. Right, yeah, so that was, again, uh, off air, we did talk about that. Um, so I've, I've run into that uh, at a couple of places uh, speaking about what A9Z does. Um, we can provide two airmen out there the ability to help with research with whatever changes that they want to make. Um, uh, most recently we had a, a schoolhouse commander ask me uh, during a conference that I attended was if I were to call you guys up can I then ask that certain research be done of what we want to do or changes we want to make within the schoolhouse? Absolutely, give us a call. We have research scientists working right next to us uh, that I could absolutely say, hey, uh, this particular schoolhouse would like more information on gamification, on some of the current learning trends that we have. Can we do some research and then get back to them here in a two to three days um, with some research that we've done? Cool, and in the meantime, provide him with that repository that Danielle was speaking about earlier with what research has already been done and also maybe white papers or BBPs, uh, bullet, bullet papers on universities that are currently doing, uh, have their classroom or their learning environments are what it is that that schoolhouse commander would want to see. Uh, we can provide that to them. Uh, so all that can be accessed and we are another tool that the Air Force can use to get that kind of information that they're looking for. And, and that's, I mean, you know, they just, he just happened to not know exactly where to find it. Um, but if you have a, a resource like that, you utilize us. We'll, we'll do that research for you and provide you that information. So as we get ready to wrap up, how can airmen out there get a hold of you guys um, when they have these kinds of uh, things? What's your number, email, so how do they get a hold of you? So our A29 SharePoint, um, so that's one place what uh, Sergeant Montron was talking about. That's kind of our repository right now of where we're putting things. Like we're all working on papers. Um, that's part of our job <laughs> is to write papers. Um, so like my current paper is on what does the future classroom look like? Um, you know, our researchers, we're supposed to be, we're kind of like a petting zoo is how we kind of <laughs> refer to ourselves because we're from all different backgrounds. I mean, not all of us have education degrees or teaching degrees or we're not doctors. We have some doctors working with us in our A9Z uh, direct, uh, division. We have a thirst for knowledge. Yeah, but there you go. we have that, we want to know more, right? So we're working on papers and we're going to post them out on our SharePoint and we're building an APAN website so that people can go to that um, as well uh, and get that information, find those papers on what we're already researching. So 
um, the current trends. Um, that will be going out soon. Um, actually, Dr. Kova Smith is giving that at the Learning Consortium uh, next week. Um, she's presenting what the current trends and what the future of learning 2030 looks like. Um, and then our researchers have been doing papers on gamification, AR, VR, um, mixed realities, you know, so we're working on all of those things and want to put them out there so people can read about them and what, um, you know, the pros and cons to it are. Make sure that they're using those things correctly rather than just buying equipment and then it goes in a room and they never use it because they don't know how to use it or what to do with it. That's what we're here for, is to give them that information so they are using it the right way and getting the most out of it to help them in the future. And the you know, so getting that infrastructure in place will be really good at collecting that information. Who's doing what, both within and without the military, right? Uh, and putting it all in a context where we can figure out how it's useful, right? Um, you know, I think a lot of folks, though, and, th and this is one of the conversations that I've had, one of the conversations that, you know, I've had since coming in a lot with folks is, so once we start getting good at collecting that information, and correlating it, putting it into a context that's useful. Um, how do you then turn it around? Because, you know, Sergeant Returin, uh, you know, I know you had said that you were security forces uh, right. previously. When in your young enlisted career did you ever go looking for white papers? Never. <laughs> Never. Right. When, when did you ever look at the problems that you had and say, oh, you know what, I bet there's even like a resource out there for this versus just like you kind of sit there in a cocoon thinking about it and percolating it all by yourself. It's just because you don't know that the resources are there. Right. Oh, I had one. Yeah. I think it was uh, my master sergeant. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, and I think, so that's, that is the more longer term thing is once we get good at collect and, uh, collecting and organizing and connecting people, um, figuring out how to not be passive where you come to us and getting better at you know being active and going out and, and finding people with needs and saying did you know and then they're gonna go, oh crap I didn't know that and be like yep and here's all the resources and the tools and the prior experience that someone else has already brought to the table to help you solve your problem right. um, as far as an email though I mean we have an a9z workflow box and they can, you know, people can email that. They can go to SharePoint and see the A29 SharePoint site, and there's an A9Z um, little, you can click on it and go there. Um, but we're all on the global, so a ATC A9Z. I mean, what an exciting time to be not only in, in Air Education Training Command, but really the Air Force, because this is not just an AATC thing, yeah. right? Like, right. innovation is something that I think every command knows that they need to embrace, uh, you know, with their arms fully around. I mean, does, it doesn't get much better than this. And this is this is some empowerment. And that's the one thing is, we don't want people to think that A9Z is only there to help AETC, because we're not. We're there for Air Force-wide to be able to help and help the other MAGCOMs. That's the direction we want to go, is yeah. make this a Air Force-wide change yeah. and help everyone. I think, so with all of us, I, th I think the most exciting thing is the fact that, one, we're empowered by leadership to do the work that we're doing. And the fact that we know that the work that we are doing can ultimately affect the rest of the Air Force is just one of those things that's like, I, I would have never thought I would have been in a position to ha have this kind of positive change. Because uh, every airman goes through it. What 
what do I mean to the Air Force, right? Because you can find a time in your military career where you're like, I'm just one of the guys, right? right. And, um, and a lot of younger airmen, and as most NCOs would know, a lot of younger airmen have difficulty finding their place in that, that Air Force world of how do I affect the bigger mission? And as NCOs, you, you spend a lot of your time trying to say, hey, I know you're doing this little small part, but you're affecting this. And that's when you look at EPRs, that's what it means. Oh, there's the, the big money, there's the big picture. Yeah, we tie it in to the work. What you're doing at a comm squadron can affect a test squadron over here with engines and whatnot. Um, and so they have a lot of trouble seeing that. So we get to actually live it out and um, that is, it's really exciting. I, I annoy my spouse, who happens to be in the military as well, every day about the work that I do. I come home and I talk about it, and it's like, okay, okay, sweetheart, I understand. But yeah. well, you have an easier sell than me. She, my wife, thinks I just do social media. Like well, you just, you just look at Facebook all day. So you got an easier sell than me. But I really want to thank you guys for coming in today. This was a lot of fun, and and again, I can't wait to see you know how things develop from here. So appreciate your guys' time. Uh, thank Thanks. you for having us come thank out. You. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. So that's a wrap. Tons of great stuff going on in innovation right now. We want to give a special thank you to Danielle Kohler, Technical Sergeant Michael Matteron, and Staff Sergeant Aaron Parker from the A9Z for stopping by and dropping all the wisdom on us today. Really a great conversation and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as on the web at www.atc.af.mil. Thanks for checking out the podcast as we dive into the world of recruiting, training, and education for our entire AETC public affairs staff. I'm Dan Hawkins. So long, and we'll talk to you next time on Developing Mach 21 Airmen.